Matthew 24 and verse 26. Wherefore, if they shall say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in the secret chambers, believe it not. For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For wheresoever the carcass is, there will be eagles, there will the eagles be gathered together. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give her light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven shall be shaken. I want to talk to you this morning for a little bit about the law of divine judgment. The law of divine judgment. Would you put your Bibles down, lift those same hands that held that word, and ask God to help us in this place today. Lord, in your name, we need you. We need your touch. Hallelujah. You may be seated. I don't think that it's any secret today, nor is it any mystery today, that we are on a fast track toward the judgment of God and eternity. When studying the scriptures, you must keep this very important truth in mind. It's very strong in the Eastern culture because that's its origin. Our text has a very strong Eastern coloring. And it's best understood and appreciated by those who live in the Middle East. They tell us that no sooner is some sickly animal dead or some piece of carrion thrown out by the way that the vultures appear. There may not have been one vulture visible in the hot blue sky a moment before, but taught by scent and by sight that their banquet is prepared, they come flocking from all corners of the heavens. A hideous crowd gathered around their hideous meal, fighting with flapping wings and tearing the rotting flesh with their strong talons. With that word picture, Jesus tells us that whatever there is rotting, dead in society, a carcass, Hopelessly corrupt and evil, down upon it as if drawn by some unerring attraction, 
will come the angels, the vultures of divine judgment. And to be sure this morning, the words of our text by Christ are not exhausted in their reference to the coming of the Lord when He raptures His church out of here. But I can say without reservation today that the vultures are waiting right now. In fact, there have been many comings of the Lord, many days of the Lord, which on a smaller scale have embodied the same principles as are to be displayed in a worldwide splendor and awfulness at the last judgment. I realize and understand that in today's society and even in today's church society, thank you, Brother Gill, for reminding us that we cannot remain comfortable with where we are because there's a danger in getting comfortable or being comfortable with the pigs and holding on to that that we embrace rather than embracing the move of God in our lives and in our families and allowing God to be the center of it all. And so, the first thing in those words we must realize is that there is a revelation of a divine law that operates with unerring certainty throughout the course of this world's history. You need to know something about God today. He has the final say. The Bible says it like this. Every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Can I tell somebody you have every right to believe what you want to believe. You have every right to live how you want to live. Well, you used to. But what you may not recognize and realize today, and I hope that you do, is that every day just a little bit more of that is being taken away from you. And it's no accident. Somebody hear me right now. God's trying to make us uncomfortable with this world. God's trying to get us to realize and understand this is not where we belong. This is not our final hope. Come on, somebody. God's trying to shake you loose from being comfortable where you are to get you into the presence of the Lord because the law of divine judgment is going to happen. God can tell when evil has become incurable. When the man or the country has become a carcass. 
Oh, I hope I can impact you with how this has impacted me today. I'm telling you that in the eyes of the Spirit, that the buzzards are circling today. They're circling our nation. They're circling our families. They're circling our churches. There may be some semblances of life unseen by us or there may be death all unsuspected by our shallow vision. To be sure, so long as there is a possibility of amendment or it being fixed, the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily what do you mean bishop I'm telling you that as long as God sees a flicker of hope in humanity and as long as God sees a flicker of hope in the earth he'll do everything he can to be merciful he'll do everything he can to withhold his judgment but at that moment that God looks upon us and looks upon this country and says, I can't do anything else. There's nothing more that I can do. Get ready. The law of divine judgment is about to be entered upon us. Lift your hands with me right now. I feel the Holy Ghost. Ah. Uh, I want somehow to stir something up in you today. Scripture assures us that God is not willing that any should perish. Tell somebody close to you, your neighbor, tell them God doesn't want you to be lost. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance and to the knowledge of the truth. And for that very reason, He is holding back His judgment. However, when He sees that it is no longer possible to restore, or recover the man or the country. He lets loose the flood of his divine judgment. I know this is not what we want to hear on a Sunday morning. I get it. I understand it. I know we'd rather hear something with encouragement and joy and peace and understand all of that and all of those things are important but I'm telling you that we've heard already this morning from our teaching that we gotten comfortable with where we are but I want you to understand today from your bishop 
that God is trying in this last hour to stir up the souls of men. We're running out of time. We're not going to be able to get our babies in the church. We're not going to be able to get our husbands and wives in the church. We're not, God help me right now. We're not going to be able to see the backslider come home or the prodigal come home if somehow we don't get stirred up and get life back in that that's fleeting daily. In Genesis 6, just a few things to remind you of God's swift judgment. After giving the inhabitants of the land a hundred or so years to turn things around, God wasted no time destroying every living creature on earth to save those that were found safe in the ark. In Genesis 19, God rained upon Sodom and upon Gomorrah brimstone and fire and He overthrew those cities and all the inhabitants of the cities. Hear me again. God is in control. God wins. God gets the last word. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, I know today. I know today. I'm, I know I'm not the only one in this room that feels a sense of hopelessness. Not because you don't have hope beyond this life, but when you look around and just in two short years we have seen a drastic change in where we live and who we are as an American people. Come on, and as the church of the living God, there's got to be something inside of you today that's stirred up that says, God, please hold off your judgment and give us just a little more time. Even Jerusalem suffered swift judgment after God had pleaded with them by sending His prophets who declared a great need for change because they failed to obey. And after sending the Messiah, whom God's chosen people promptly turned against, they ran him out of town, Brother Stephen. He went against everything that they represented. He went against their grain. You know, folks don't like it when you rub against their grain. Come on. I said, folks don't like it when you make them a little bit uncomfortable. Come on, they don't like it when when you change up the status quo. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, it's not an accident that I'm preaching what I'm preaching. And Brother Stephen Gill taught what he taught this morning. I'm telling you, God is trying to get our attention. There is a law of divine judgment that is inevitable. It's coming. It's coming. And somehow we, the church, have got to get stirred up in our spirit to somehow do what we must to get everybody saved that we can get saved. Consider with me how 
Rome was crushed like a mosquito on the arm of a large man when the Gentiles or when the Gothic tribes led by a captain who correctly called himself the scourge of God rose up against her tearing Rome into fragments much like vultures rip apart the flesh of a carcass with their strong beaks. To be sure, from the beginning of time and with delays giving possibility to repentance, restoration, and recovery. That message still exists today. God still wants to recover. God still wants to restore. God still wants to forgive. But He won't do that if we don't ask for it. With the delays given for all of those things, the law of divine judgment is at work in our world. In my years of ministry, I've watched people, I've watched people who stood against the church, who've been critical of the church, who maybe at one time were in the church and somehow something happened that their spirit got out of an alignment with the Word of God and the Spirit of God. And I watched as they attacked ministry and leadership and I watched as they made threats and prophecies about what was going to happen to the man of God. And first of all, let me just say to you, as they said about the disciples, they said to them, leave them alone. If they be of God, everything you do will come to naught. But if they're not of God, God will bring them down. God will, God help me right now. I'm telling you, if there ever was a time that we, the church of the living God, need to be together on the same page, working united with a unified purpose, we need it today. We cannot afford to be destroyed from the inside out. But there must be a rising up, a revolution in the church that says, Devil, you will not prevail in my church. You will not prevail in this house. You will not prevail in this body. Listen to Bishop. There's a God that certainly judges nations and individuals. Though the wheels of God grind slowly, thank God, the grind goes on nonetheless. And they grind exceeding small. As the scripture declares, Wheresoever the carcass is, there will be eagles be gathered together. You can be sure today that the godlessness and social sins of America have got us caught up in a vortex of violence and decadence that's quickly causing this great country to fall victim 
to the condition of the carcass. Look around us. Look around us. You cannot insulate yourself in the church and not be aware of what's going on around us. Drug addiction, alcoholism, immorality and perversion. My God. There's an argument going on right now in Washington, D.C. with the Supreme Court over abortion. Over Roe versus Wade. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you right now, I watched as they showed videos that literally made me sick to my stomach. As they had little babies with, forgive me for being so, so, so drastic here, but little babies' bodies with a hand over here and an arm over there and a head here that they had literally cut out of the womb of a mother. Do you understand where we are? We become a lifeless carcass. And the vultures are coming. Commercial dishonesty, heartless indifference shown to those hopeless and hurting, unthankfulness, rebellion, lying and slandering, adultery, idolatry. All of those things are prevalent throughout our society today. Causing this great country to be, if not dead, then certainly lying on her deathbed. Say, what do you say, preacher? What do we do? I'm telling you what we do. We got to show life some sort of life. Or the buzzards are coming. You hear me right now? They won't bother anything that's living. If it's moving just a little bit, they won't bother it. The vultures won't bother it. But if they see no life, it's where they're headed. Come on, church. I'm trying to get us to understand. We've got to respond with life. It's imperative. Everybody say imperative. It's imperative that the church do our part to be the salt of the earth. It shall keep the soul of society from rotting and so drive away the vultures of judgment. Let me turn to another point as it relates to the law of divine judgment. The future accomplishments of that law we have here this morning a law that shall have a far more tremendous accomplishment in the future 
I'm talking about how the divine judgment causes the loftiness of man to be bowed down and the haughtiness of man made low and the Lord alone exalted in that day. Isaiah declared in the second chapter in the 17th verse of his writings, The days in which we live usher forth a certain sound, declaring the day of the Lord is at hand. Oh, church family, sinner friend, backslider, cold and indifferent, I'm going to shout it to the rafters today. The day of the coming of the Lord is at hand. He's coming. He's coming. And He's not coming this time as a sacrificial lamb. He's coming as the Lion of Judah. And He's coming with divine judgment. Say, well, I don't know if I want to live for that kind of God or not. Then you're going to die without Him. I said, you're going to die without Him. Oh, why would a God do that? Why would a God ever let that happen? Ask Noah and his family. He tried for a hundred years to tell folks that the Lord was coming in judgment. And they wouldn't hear it. And he and his family walked up that ramp and the Bible said that God, not Noah, not his sons, not his daughter-in-laws, the Bible said that God closed the door. I'm not going to apologize for God today. I'm telling you that God is giving us fair warning. He's given us plenty of space for repentance. He's given you mercy even today on this Sunday morning. But I'm telling you the day is coming and it's not going to be very long that He's going to shut the door. And it'll be too late. Lift your hands with me right now. Oh, and I, I, I don't want the enemy. I don't want the enemy to steal this move of the Spirit right here. Oh, God. In the name of Jesus. The day of the Lord. Is at hand. Make no mistake. Sudden destruction shall be visited upon the earth. But let us also know today the time of his coming is drawing ever near. As we consider history and prophecy in the light of current events. We can only conclude in the words of the old songwriter, Soon and very soon, I am going to see the King. Oh, soon and very soon. Brother Mark Luper, the old song said, There'll be no more dying.
crying there. There'll be no more crying there. Come on, somebody. There'll be no more weeping there. There'll be no more saying goodbye. There won't be any funerals in heaven. There's only going to be a wedding day. Let me hurry. It won't be long before Christ throws back the curtain of time and ushers his bride into eternity. Then he will terminate the world's history as he judges all nations and all people of those nations. That future judgment is distinctly a part of the Christian revelation. Jesus Christ came in a bodily form and he went away. But he said, I'll be back. Come on, somebody. That judgment is going to be the destruction of the opposing forces. The sweeping away of the carry-on of moral evil. I'm not going to waste my time and my energy on those that are doing contrary to what the Word of God and the will of God is. I'm not going to let them drain me of my resources. You know why? Because if I put my trust in Jesus, one of these days I'm going to hear a trumpet sound. Come on, somebody. And everything that this world represents and everything that this world is, it won't be a hindrance to me anymore. I'm going to rise to meet him in the air. People don't want to hear this kind of preaching today. Most want the preacher to deliver a message of love and hope, not one of judgment. But I'm doing you a favor today. You see, I have this, I have this responsibility and this burden upon me as the man of God. I have this burden upon me. The Bible said if I don't climb to the wall... And sound the alarm. And give you a chance to repent. Give you an opportunity to come to Jesus. Then your blood is going to be upon my hands. And I'm going to tell you right now. I don't want your blood on my hands. I want to go to heaven with you. I want us to go to heaven together. They, they, they want us to speak of a heavenly father who hateth nothing that he hath made. Magnify the mercy and the gentleness and the tenderness of Christ. Oh, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for his mercy that's fresh every day. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for his mercy every day. You wouldn't be here today if it were. Say, well, I'm not living for God, preacher. I'm telling you that if it weren't for the mercy of God, you would not be sitting where you're sitting right now. You know what? God loves you enough today to give you one more chance. One more opportunity. 
divine judgment is not in accordance with the tendencies of modern thought. To be sure, we serve a God of infinite love and matchless mercies. But I cannot forget that there's such a thing as the terror of the Lord. God has sent me to this pulpit this morning with a word of warning. He will judge the unrighteous. He will cast them into an eternal lake of fire. And if you're not ready in that desperate day, you'll feel the force of His judgment. Please, heed the warning of this watchman. I have no other motivation but to reach your soul before it's too late. I have no agenda except a kingdom agenda to tell you today that the law of divine judgment is real and don't let another day go by that you are not totally surrendered to God. Don't live another day without the Holy Ghost operating in your life. Don't let another opportunity pass you by. You see, this law never needs to touch you today. This law of divine judgment. And neither do you need to know about it except by that which you hear only. There's a way to escape the law of divine judgment. The true effect of this message is the effect that Paul himself attached to it when he said in the hearing of the the Athenian wisdom, God hath commended all men everywhere to repent Because he hath appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness. In Romans chapter 8, Paul promises us in his letter to the church, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You see, I have good news this morning as I come to a close. If you will trust in Christ and obey His command to be born again of water and the Spirit, you shall be quickened from death to sin or of sin, and so shall not be food for the vultures of judgment. The law of divine judgment is this. You stand with me, church. Wherefore there is entire moral corruption, there is final punishment. Wherever there is partial corruption, there is corrective punishment. God in his capacity 
as governor of the world and educator of mankind is bound to destroy corruption. It's necessary that the vultures should devour the carcass lest it pollute the air and breed pestilence. However, the antithesis of that is true as well. Where there is righteousness, God is bound to bless it and cause it to bless others. My friend, my brother, my sister, if you would, in obedience to the Word of God, repent of your sins. Be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. The Lord has promised. He'll fill you with His Spirit and make you exempt from the law of divine judgment. And in that day, when the vultures of judgment with their mighty black pinions are wheeling and circling in the sky above, the Bible said the Lord will gather you as a hen gathereth its chicks. I wonder if there's anybody here today that would make your way to this altar and say, God, I've come today to escape the law of divine judgment. I want my heart to be right. I want my life to be pure. I don't want there to be any question, God. As the vultures circle over this world, I want them to look down and see that there's life in me. I'm not dead. I'm alive. I'm still working in the kingdom. I'm still reaching in the kingdom. I refuse. I refuse to become a carcass in this world. Come on, would you lift your hands, church? Would you plead with God right now in the name of Jesus? Oh, God, I choose life. I choose life. I choose life. Come on, church. Come on. He's coming. The day of the Lord is at hand. This message is going to come back. You'll stand in judgment with this message in your heart. God, I remember on that Sunday morning you gave me a chance. church.